0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. State Treasurer David McRae has put millions back into the hands of Mississippi citizens, expanding the state's affordable college and career savings program and also returning record amounts of unclaimed money. Check out how Treasurer David McRae's office can help you, your business, or your organization.
1: Treasury.ms.gov. Howdy, howdy. It's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi.
2: Everyone, and welcome to Midday Super Talk, Mississippi. I'm your host, Gerard Gibbert, and Will East filling in for the vacationing of Rhino today, Super Talk, Mississippi. We are kicking off a brand new week, guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music. Morning, Will. Good morning, Gerard. How are you? I'm doing fantastic.
3: How was your weekend, sir? Very boring, which is a good thing when you get older. (laughs) Uh, I'm learning that, you know, when you uh, don't do anything over the weekend,
2: yeah. you had a good weekend. Yeah, I got you. Well, it was uh, a bit chilly, shall we say, yes. over the weekend. But it is uh, it is February. It's usually cold this time of year, is it not?
3: Uh, yeah, this is usually, this is around the one-year anniversary almost of our the big freeze that we had uh, in 2021, if you'll remember that. I, I think you I think you can recall that i do uh
2: i'm not a huge fan of the cold weather me either not not for me either i'm ready when it's spring i don't like it when it's
3: 120 (laughs) degrees outside but at the same time when it's 28 degrees when you step out the door to go to work uh, that ain't fun i know
2: i agree and it
3: it gets old like the first time it's really cold oh yeah it's really cold outside the sixth or seventh day in a row where it's, it's 28 degrees outside, that it gets old really quick.
2: I think the change of pace is fine. I agree with you. But then you get to a point where you just say, uh, be done with this. Let's move forward. Uh, I'm not crazy about it either. I look forward to, uh, to daylight savings time returning. Yes. You can tell already the days are starting to elongate a bit. The uh, availability of sunshine, which is mm-hmm. fun when it's 5 o'clock and it's dark. That ain't no fun, in my view. So I think uh, it's right around the corner. Like the second week of March, I believe this year, is when daylight savings time kicks off. Looking forward to that and looking forward to some warmth as well. But nonetheless, so I had uh, a really great time this past Saturday, headed up to Hernando, Mississippi, up there in DeSoto County. With some friends, and um, uh, it was a, an event sponsored by the County Seat Political Action Committee, and they had former Donald Trump Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany speak. And she was absolutely fantastic, got a chance to visit with her a little bit, one-on-one, and uh, for those in attendance, she signed a book, her book, of course, uh, uh, for us, and and then she, I thought, delivered a fantastic set of remarks that uh, was very popular with the those in attendance. I'm I'm going to say 15 tables of eight per table, thereabouts in attendance. Really cool, a lot of fun, and uh, going to try to get her on the program. Talk to her about that and explained uh, what we did here, and I think she's on board. So we're going to try to get her get her going and get her on the program. We, we would uh, certainly love to have her. I think she'd be entertaining. And, you know, other than the, what you would expect, her being uh, involved in the political realm and did a great job talking about policy, and policy that, uh, in particular, that we've seen implemented by... Joe Biden over the past year and the concern she has about that. But it was kind of neat hearing her discuss her personal experiences as the press secretary and working with President Trump, and she shared on the, on the television screens around the, the venue there, they were rotating photos of her, various um, moments and situations, in the White House, in the briefing room, Air Force One, et cetera. That's kind of cool, you know, to, to kind of make that connection.
3: Yeah, because she, uh, she was firecracker when she got in there. No I remember question. one of her first interactions was uh, they were uh, – press were just criticizing Trump over coronavirus policy and um, all this kind of stuff. And she had in her binder a list of articles – Written by these publications, yeah, uh, that these reporters represented it represented, and she brought out these these articles, basically at, I don't wanna say attacking, uh, but um, confronting, I guess I will say, these yeah. reporters over their their own publications views hmm. uh, and how they had changed, you know since cor- when Corona first started versus where it was then. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember one reporter yelled out, uh, you had these, pre- as she was leaving, you had these prepared, and I was thinking,
2: well, you know what? It's kind of a good thing when the press secretary's prepared, prepared. for questions. Yeah, I, so here's what I would say. It's Let's make the distinction. It's one thing when you've got data at your fingertips from pep- preparation and planning that you can refer to when mm-hmm. you're um, serving in that role answering questions, addressing reporters. That's different than, okay, if a reporter, you allow reporters to to fire questions at you randomly. You don't know what they're going to ask. Mm -hmm. And you respond. Now, sometimes in that response, you may have to refer to some data, some information, because it's a lot, obviously. I mean, the press secretary for the White House, for the president... Good grief, the the range of, of topics and information is mind-boggling. Where I think I have a problem is when we've seen this happen so much with Joe Biden, where the um, the calling and the sequence of, of reporters called on to ask questions, that's orchestrated, that's predetermined, and so are the questions. Here, ask these questions. Gerard, that's he has different. pictures. <laughs> He
3: has pictures of the reporters yeah it, they they've done these these you know, you because they have these side shots, and you can see when he flips the page a picture oh. of the reporter that he's supposed to call on because he might not know their oh. name. so he can look at him and so he him. can look at him and say, oh, I gotta call you know this guy, you know this is a big guy balding uh, that it must be him. It must be John. Let's call him John. John.
2: No, what he said, let's see, who am I supposed to call on next? Who I, and he said that. He <laughs> said,
3: who am I supposed to call on next?
2: Or They don't want me doing that. Who is they? Okay, so I'm going to say that's different than being. So being prepared is different than scripting yes. and orchestrating, right, yes. and predetermining. She was prepared because she
3: knew that this was one of her first press conferences, I remember it clear as day. She was prepared, and I'll pull up the audio of it, too. She was prepared for the question. She knew she was going to get hit.
2: Yeah. Knew it from the get-go, and she was ready to roll. That's a different deal. I mean, I just—I'm sorry. That's a different deal than having, again, a predetermined chronology, a sequence of who you're going to call on, and what you're going to ask them, or yes. what they're going to ask you. I should say, because it is true. They give the questions. Ask the president this. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, it was um, what's her name that used to be the head of the DNC that had provided. Questions to Hillary Clinton, Uh, Brazil, Donna Brazil, yeah, from New Orleans, Mm -hmm. had uh, given the Hillary camp, the Hillary uh, Clinton camp, the questions prior to the debate. Remember that. Yes. Now that's not being prepared. I I say that's cheating. (laughs) Just it's it's inequity. Uh, I don't know how else you describe it, but. Nonetheless, So she's very impressive. She was. Let me just say this. This is the main takeaway. And, I, and I'm not saying this just because I, I'm obviously a conservative individual, and I, and I support conservative causes and, and conservative candidates. But the, the main takeaway I had is watching Jen Psaki uh, serve in that role for President Biden, as she has for the past year, who, by the way, is a smart, intelligent person. And, and actually, I, I like to make fun of her and, and kind of have fun with it. But that's part of what you sign up for in that role. You're just, you're just the target. You're the punching bag yeah. in many ways. And I have said on the program, she got a tough job trying to come out every day and spin the stuff coming out of the White House every day. But here's the difference. We've played clips of her before. It's that condescending sort of we're superior to you and oh go practice kickboxing and have a margarita pay no attention to the cost of living rising dramatically on a daily basis and what I got from Kaylee is she's just genuine down to earth, took time, looked people in the eye, had a conversation with everybody and didn't try to be supreme or superior just just a normal person that's what you want That was the difference. we got Senator Josh Harkins coming in at 11.05. We're going to have a good discussion about the income tax plan from the Senate. And then we've got Dr. Dan Edney, past president of the Mississippi State Medical Association, at 11.50. Middays, we'll be right back. Well, well, well.
6: Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at
4: MajesticMetalsINC.com. Every guy knows that feeling when you realize on Valentine's Day that you've
7: got nothing
4: for your true love.
7: Not this year, guys, because at Juniker Jewelry Company, we've got a whole store of ideas that will make her forget last year and the year before. I'm Rachel. And I'm
4: John Ravenstein. This Valentine's at Junakers we have an entire store of fine jewelry rings, pendants, earrings, and bracelets starting at $250 and less.
7: Come shop thousands of quality, iconic, and yes, affordable pieces you won't find in any other store. For every woman and every budget. As Mississippi's direct diamond importer, we have the largest selection of fine diamonds and diamond jewelry in the state. And 12-month interest free financing for qualified buyers. So don't go driving all over town this Valentine's like a love-struck fool. Come to Juniker Jewelry Company. Let's make this a Valentine's she'll never
4: forget. Juniker Jewelry, Mississippi's direct Wreck Diamond Importer, 1485
0: Highland Colony Parkway in Madison, and junikerjewelry.com. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk.
6: Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and
0: fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I
6: like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent.
0: For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Spring is coming up, and you
5: can leave it up to us at Ag Up Equipment for your spring cleaning machine. We have stocked up and can offer you long-term financing with low monthly payments. Get the John Deere 3025E Compact Tractor with a loader for only $278 per month with 72 months financing. Visit us at agup.com for more. Offer is based on 10% down. Offer Enzo 320-2022. Some exclusions apply. See dealer for details.
0: Ben Nelson Golf & Outdoor is now offering easy-go units with maintenance-free elite lithium batteries and an unprecedented 8-year warranty with unbeatable energy efficiency. Only at Ben Nelson Golf & Outdoor. Exit 114 in Gluckstep or online at BenNelson.com. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk.
6: Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville,
0: Tennessee. Catfish hush. Puppies and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I
6: like chicken. I like fish. I like fresh puppies. I love it. Catfish is
0: excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk.
6: Boom 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 boom. Gonna shoot your
8: right head down. At all your feet.
2: Thank you so much for joining us today on Middays, kicking off a brand new week. You got Gerard and Will in the Super Talk studios today, and uh, we are so grateful that you are with us. We look forward to a good week uh, coming up here on Middays, and don't forget. We're going to be remote this coming Thursday, middays, with Gerard Gibbert. We'll team up with the Ag Up Equipment and the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation on Thursday at the annual Dixie National Rodeo and Sale of Champions. Join us to learn more about how Ag Up Equipment and the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation are teaming up to help you cowboy up, tractor up, ag up, and save with Ag Up Equipment. I heard uh, our good friend Paul Gallo this morning calling on me to don a, a cowboy hat. you got to get you one. Uh, I don't own one. I look silly in a cowboy hat, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I just do. Well, Not at you deal. admit it beforehand. <laughs> I look silly. Not that I don't look silly otherwise, but I look sillier with a cowboy hat. When I was that? in
3: high school, I used to wear one occasionally.
2: Okay. Yeah. I you do. Yeah, I thought I was cool. Okay, gotcha. Well, it didn't last very long, you know. Uh, <laughs> I I will, uh, however, for the occasion, I'll put on my, my Wranglers and my Cowboy boots. How about that? Yeah. I'll uh, kind of fit in. We're at the Dixie National. You got to do that. I look forward to that. My wife, you know, used to show quarter horses. You really? Yeah. My wife's uh, big time with the horses and... She's like a horse whisperer. I mean, she really, you know, those (laughs) folks that, I mean, they really are. They have some special touch. There's no question. And she's one of those. And uh, I know she misses it, but for years, yeah, she did barrel racing, Mm -hmm. which is what the quarter horses do. And she's pretty good at all that stuff. I don't know squat about it, but I just said, yeah, yeah, you know, I can breathe the time, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Anyhow, looking forward to that. The Dixie National, kicking off, getting going. It's one of the best things that Mississippi does, really. No question. And so grateful we have some nice facilities now for that.
3: We do. That trademark is, uh, if you haven't been, it's 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 pretty good looking in there. And they'll, um, um, I love the I love the music. We go we usually go on Friday nights uh, or sometimes on Saturday. But uh, the last time I went, I went with JT. Okay. And it was uh, what's the guy who sings uh, just a swinging John Anderson. You got me. Yeah, John Anderson, the country singer, okay. uh, and we got to meet him backstage. J.T. set that up for me because I wanted to meet him, and J.T. said, come with me, and I'll, and sure enough, he, I don't know how he did it, but it, somehow we got backstage and we got to meet John Anderson. Well, that's cool. Little, bi- little bitty guy. I was surprised at how small he was, but we got to meet him uh, hmm. uh, before his show at the uh, Dixie National.
2: Hmm, interesting. Well, it's it's uh, it's here, and look, it brings in people from, as you know, all over the country. Come into this place uh, for that show, and it—you're it, right. It truly is a great asset for the state of Mississippi. I know Commissioner Andy Gibson all over that deal, and uh, and again, the trademark—much improvement over the old one. Kylie oh, yeah. desperately needed that And the um, the center as well. Oh, what's it—the Fordyce Center mm-hmm. there? Really nice venue for. The show. So looking forward to that, hoping for good weather as well, but uh, we will be down there this coming Thursday. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, we should also say, Will, we have, um, that we are praying for our colleague, our friend, our brother in broadcasting, the great Paul Gallo, who announced on his own accord uh, this past Friday, I believe, late Friday, mm-hmm. about his, his health situation. And if you haven't uh, paid attention to that, folks, uh, on his sites and on most of the folks here at Talk we all shared Paul's message as well. But he has, uh, has been working from home in his studio there hosting the show. And uh, he he has advised and informed that he has melanoma on his heel. And he's had that removed, and I think he described it as a fair amount of his heel, the flesh on his heel as well, which is typical when a melanoma is uh, removed, but that he will be undergoing immunotherapy treatments for several months, I think is the Mm -hmm. way he described it, I guess starting immediately. Yeah. And, And that that could cause him to not be able to host the show. And he just wanted uh respect him. he wanted to get ahead of that and let the audience know that would be the reason because it certainly if he were if he were out and uh, with, with some degree of, of regular regularity on an interval it, it's, it would prompt questions and people want to know and so he respect him for being willing and uh, to go out and share his situation and inform. His, his broad base of uh, loyal listeners and but on uh, on behalf of the entire super family and I dare say the entire state of Mississippi who uh, who loves Paul and respects him and whom he has informed and entertained for a very long time, best in the business that uh, we're praying for him yeah and for a speedy recovery and back in this chair that's what that's what we want, we want to see. Uh, he he indicates prognosis. He says he's optimistic. He and his doctors are, and, and we are as well. So that's that's where we stand. We just wanted to pass that on, folks. If you were not aware, and I didn't I didn't uh, hear the the entire his the entire show. Yes, uh, excuse me. Today would be the first one since he made the mm-hmm. written announcement. I'm not sure if he discussed it or not. Uh, but nonetheless, we wanted to pass that on to you and. Please keep him uh, in your prayers as he undergoes his treatment.
3: A, he had a kind of a funny message. Uh, he made that statement, and then at the end of it, he says, "And now, yes, even I qualify for a medical marijuana
2: card." Yeah, he did. He, of course, <laughs> always looking for the levity. Uh, and in my surprise, you know that Paul would say that. And whatsoever, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, he does. Technically speaking, he does. So. Uh, Anyhow, wanted to pass that on to you folks. Uh, I wanted to share this little bit, little dab of, I guess, what I would consider positive news, and that is that a Southern California couple in Fullerton, California, they welcomed a new baby, a newborn, at an extremely unique birthday and birth time at 2.22 p.m., this baby was welcomed onto the planet on February the 2nd, 2022. 2.22 p.m., <laughs> 2.22. If you believe in numerology, as, the, as I think it goes, I thought that was interesting. Uh, a baby boy. Rare distinction, 2.222, 2.22 baby. How about that? It was uh, The baby was born at Kaiser Permanente Anaheim Medical Center. And they shared photos, the couple did, of the historic birth, along with the doctors and nurses that participated in the birthing. That's pretty cool. uh, Six pounds, 11 ounces, 20 inches. How about that? Youngest of three children at home now. Pretty cool, Hmm. I thought. Uh, Something else that caught my attention was the extraction of a Swedish shipwreck from the 1600s, 1600s, 64 cannons on board. This extracted from the Baltic Sea. And it's been sitting there for centuries, so it's essentially preserved. I'm looking at some photos of it. It is magnificent the carvings as they used to do in the wood is all wood ship of course looking at the ship and the carvings it looks like it could sail today literally i guess because of being preserved in the so deep under the sea yeah the cold water and so forth 1600s that's a long time ago that i thought that was really incredible they they say it's the world's best prever- preserved ship dating from the early 1600s and that at it in its time it was a symbolic display of power, strength and craftsmanship. They, they equated it to the 17th century version of Air Force 1, which I would say uh, kind of projects the image of power, strength, technology Etc. You know, what you think about yeah. in general when you see carrying around the most powerful person on the planet, arguably. So, anyhow, I thought it was pretty cool. Just wanted to pass that on. Some uh, little bit of good news. You know, Amazon announced their earnings late last week. You may be surprised to find out where they make their money, and what the quarterly report looked like. Going to dig into that just a little bit when we get back, and also some other rather shocking news from the financial and economic community about what they see in the future with respect to interest rate hikes, etc. Stay with us. We're going to talk about that on Midday.
6: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, we have mostly sunny conditions, high near 55. Tonight, mostly clear and cold, low around 26. Your Tuesday, sunny skies, high near 58. Tuesday evening, clear skies, low around 33. And for your Wednesdays, sunny skies, high near 64. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha Outboard dealer in Brandon.
0: Ace Bolt & Screw would like to thank you for making the choice to buy your hardware, tools, and fasteners locally. Ace Bolt & Screw has everything you need for every project. Whether you're a do-it-yourselfer looking for the right tool for a home improvement project, an experienced contractor looking for hardware, or a major industrial operation looking to streamline your fastener orders, Ace Bolt & Screw would like to wish you a happy, healthy, and prosperous new year. Visit acebolt.net or in person in Jackson or Gluckstadt.
9: Well, think again. If you suffer from any type of erectile dysfunction regardless of your age or medical history, Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland can help. Their treatment options work without pain, needles, surgery or medications and no downtime using the latest proven technology. Call 601-944-5585 or visit InnovativeHealthClinic.net for an appointment today.
8: This is Dennis Stevenson, Director of the Motor Care Safety Division of the Mississippi Department of Public Safety. The Highway Highway Patrol in conjunction with the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration is conducting big rig road checks for safety each month throughout the state for motor vehicles. Troopers and truckers working together to keep our roads and highways safe. Since the program began we have issued over 15,000 citations to ensure that everyone is safe on the road. Troopers and truckers working together to keep our Mississippi Roadway safe.
10: Hello I'm Gary Jolly from the tractor store in Richland. Now is the best time of the year to say more with Mahindra and it all also- starts with zero pay zero down and zero percent interest up to 60 months that's more for less on many of Mahindra's best-selling models with tractors that deliver more lift capacity fuel efficiency and built-in weight so get zero down zero percent interest for up to 60 months on Mahindra the world's number one selling tractor Mahindra available at the tractor store in Richland
7: Catalytic converter thefts are a problem across the state. They're a hot commodity among criminals because they're full of precious metals and can go for anywhere from $300 to $1,500 at a scrapyard. Legislation that would make it harder for thieves to get away with that has been introduced. It would require anyone selling the equipment to provide an ID and VIN number from the vehicle it was removed from. The bill would need to pass the Senate and House before heading to the governor's desk for his signature. The trailer for a movie that was filmed in downtown Jackson last year is out. I need your help. I need $2
0: million by midnight. There's only one team I know that can pull this off.
7: A Day to Die stars Bruce Willis, Kevin Dillon, and Leon. The plot of the $5 million movie involves a bank heist in Jackson. No word yet on when the movie will be released. I'm Kelly Bennett.
2: Everyone, midday, super talk Mississippi, Gerard and Will in the studios. Chris from Oxford on the c Spire text line, which is six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. If you'd like to join the conversation, Chris says. Surely they didn't look at the clock on the wall and wait to tell her to make that one last push, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Referring to, the, if you missed it, folks, uh, a happy couple just gave birth to a child in Fullerton, California. On uh, February the 2nd, of uh, twenty, the year 2022, the time was 2.22 p.m., the official time of birth, so... <laughs> Yeah, they could have he touched He's just it. looking
3: at his watch going,
2: hang
7: on, hang baby, on. hang on, we're almost there.
8: <laughs> well,
2: I will have to say in my experience of being in the room with uh, my wife, <laughs> the, you can't control it. No. <laughs> <laughs> they keep, no, hold off, hold off, I'm trying. That was what you hear for about 30 minutes there in the birthing suite, as I recall. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, Thank you for that, uh, Chris. Uh, Let's see. And pretty quickly, he went number two. I think it's related to that. That's what we and Corbin said. Oh, okay. Said. That, makes yeah. yeah. that makes sense. To add another two to the scenario yeah. there. That's pretty cool. So, Willis and Hattiesburg. How about the Pro Bowl game of touch football? It was weird. I agree. I, mean,
3: I watched some highlights of it and...
2: It was very strange. It was weird. Yeah, that's what Willis and Hasburg says. It was the worst example of pro football that you would ever want to see. Next year, it would just be best to announce who made the Pro Bowl and forget the game. I'm, I'm surprised they still play the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I am too, kind of. It's for everybody that didn't I, make the Super Bowl.
3: Yeah, it's baseball's different. You know, it's yeah. not, there's, The risk of injury is not quite there. You're not tackling people. But, I mean, the, if you didn't see the Pro Bowl yesterday, and that's if you don't know what the Pro Bowl is, well, I, there's probably people out there who don't know, but it's the All-Stars, basically, of the NFL. And they play a game at the end of the, se- the regular season uh, before the Super Bowl, so... Once we get done with most of the playoffs right before the Super Bowl, the week before the Super Bowl, they all get together in Hawaii usually and they play a game. And the score is always like, you know, 63 to 57. They're throwing touchdowns, but they don't really tackle a whole lot. Well, it's gotten worse and worse over the years. And Deion Sanders, the head coach at Jackson State, said, when we played, we at least attempted to tackle. <laughs> they didn't do any tackling yesterday. They the the offensive lineman didn't even lean on you know how when you play an offensive line you got you know you got to get down the stance and everything they didn't even do that they just kind of like kneeled down a little bit and then just kind of you know played around and pushed and this whole thing and everybody's all upset about it yeah it's it was kind of weak and I don't guess they get paid extra to do that either
2: I don't know I thought they I got bet. I thought they got something ah uh, who knows. to play in the Pro Bowl. Arlen and Wayne County reports, I was honored to perform in the Dixie National Rodeo Band directed by Jack Jones when Jim Buck Ross was Ag Commissioner. It was the largest rodeo east of the Mississippi River with a live rodeo band. Our risers were pushed around by a bull one night. That was very exciting. That's cool. How about that? <laughs> I
3: don't know if that would be exciting.
2: Yeah, I don't fall either. Off that thing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, it would be exciting if you fell off, I guess. There would be some exciting excitement. But we shall see. Ben from Madison says, does it sound like the Senate is very keen on restoring the initiative process? Uh, You know, I'll have to admit, Ben, I'm not uh, up to date on that with respect to the Senate. Uh, Any any, uh, response or any information from the Senate, of course, the initiative bill. We had Representative Fred Shanks on Friday discussing it. It came out of his committee, the Constitution Committee. He's likely uh, tuned in, and perhaps he could shed some light on that. Of course, we've got Senator Josh Harkins coming in. Honestly, I'm not sure how up-to-date the senator is, just because he's been absolutely heads-down focused on the tax reform issue, and so it, and that's what he's coming in to talk about. But we'll see if we can find out about that, uh, Ben. I, I did want to get to this Um, The situation with Amazon, I just thought you might find this interesting, folks, that – and you've heard me talk before that the real cash cow for Amazon is Amazon Web Services, their cloud services unit, Uh, that most of their revenue comes from the e-commerce business, all that stuff we buy online. But honestly, that doesn't generate very much profit. Um, And Amazon Web Services, however, does. At one point, it accounted for about – 10% 10% of its revenue and about 60% of the company's net income. Well, this past quarter, they announced earnings. That was last Thursday, and that came on the heels of Meta. Facebook used to be known as Facebook, now trades as Meta, and that's kind of the formal name of the company. It uh, it, it provided a rather uh, gloomy financial report and uh, not – Too much of optimism in the way of guidance moving forward. I I saw a little video. It looks like Zuckerberg in addressing his his team, the the employees of Facebook Meta. It actually looked like he got a little teary eyed, literally emotional, because they they lost two hundred thirty billion dollars of value in one day. He personally lost. Not that you should uh, get the Kleenex out for him, he lost thirty billion of personal value personal wealth in one day as part of that, but two days later comes Amazon, and they report, and they had a, a great quarter in terms of revenue, I think one hundred and thirty seven billion dollars. You can do the math there of revenue in one quarter that that means they're on a run rate of producing um, over five hundred million dollars. $500 billion dollars of revenue, which is unbelievable, $500 billion dollars of revenue in a year. But they only made about $13 billion, dollars, 10%, of which $11 billion came from their investment in Rivian, the electronic vehicle maker. It was the, the uh, realization of a gain when Rivian went public. But when you look at Amazon's operations primarily consists of their e-commerce business and their Amazon Web Services business. Their e-commerce business lost $1.8 billion worldwide. All that stuff we buy online, they lost $1.8 billion selling that to us. They made, however... $5.3 $5.3 billion on Amazon Web Services, which accounted for about 12% of their revenue. So 12% of their revenue produced a profit, and the other 88% of their revenue produced a loss. It's kind of hard to, to yeah. make those numbers connect, but that is the truth. If it were not for Amazon Web Services in the fourth quarter for Amazon, which ended December 31, they would have lost money on sales of $130 billion. I'm Amazing. not asking you to feel sorry for Amazon. I'm just trying to point out all that stuff we buy, they're not making any money off that. And part of the reason we started talking about this, Gerard, was
3: because Amazon Prime is increasing its price, I think, 17%. 17 20 bucks, essentially. Yeah. So it's going from, like, what, $119 to $139 per Something year? Something like that. Uh, you know, and I was thinking, man, how many people have Amazon Prime? And I looked it up. A hundred (laughs) and fifty three million Americans, about half the country, a little less than half the country, has Amazon
2: Prime. Unbelievable. It's really is unbelievable. For
3: a couple of years, my wife and I, we didn't know that each other had it. We assumed that, you know, it was yeah, hers, and I assumed it was, you know. Yeah. And so we had two people in one household paying for it. We eventually figured that out and
1: canceled it.
2: But and you get some benefits from that. I'm not sure. I get the notifications all the time. You got benefits you're not using, and I don't use the streaming services and some of the other stuff. I just don't.
3: We don't order that much stuff from Amazon, yeah. so, I you know, we're kind of questioning whether we should renew it or not. Yeah. Uh,. For people that buy a lot of stuff from Amazon, I guess it's worth it. But uh, that blew my mind that 153 million people in America have Amazon Prime, and it's about to go up.
2: And, again, I'm not suggesting anybody should feel sorry for Amazon or Jeff Bezos whatsoever. I'm just pointing out that it's just unbelievable when you think about it that that giant amount of revenue, $130 billion, produces... On operations, a meager three point five billion dollars of net income. You can do the math on that. Uh, that's not a lot. That's uh, what three percent, maybe three percent of their revenue in terms of net income. And and if were it not for Amazon Web Services, which prints money, by the way, the price of that keeps going down. Think about that. That's just the kind of the. Uh, the precept, I guess you will, of, of technologies, we worry about deflation all the time as we keep getting more efficient at it. But and, and just an interesting story there. The other thing coming up is the predictions of interest rate hikes, news on that that we will get to as well. And we got some more rules for thee, but not for me as well. Senator Josh Harkins joins us after the news break at 11. He'll be in the studio at 11.05. Stay with us.
0: more room in your budget during the president's sale at miss kelly's give your space the upgrade you need and save hundreds of dollars off our already low prices plus when you finance for 60 months there's no money down required which means you can walk out without paying and your payments are low how about three thousand dollars in furniture and bedding for only 56 dollars a month need it right away check out what's in stock and ready for you on miss kelly's.com live large on a small budget at miss kelly's president's sale
9: It's time to reserve the car you deserve at Bob Boyd Honda.
4: You probably know that there's distribution issues impacting automakers across the industry.
9: But that won't stop us from getting you the ride of your dreams.
4: Here's how to reserve the new car, truck, or SUV that you want. Step
9: one, come to Bob Boyd and test drive a car, truck, or SUV.
4: Step two, reserve the Honda you want from our huge allocated inventory arriving daily.
9: Step three, when your ride arrives, come down, pick
11: it up, and it's that easy. Come on to Bob Boyd Honda. Let's get you a Deal. Deal.
6: The best-made-to-order lunch is right around the corner at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. At Batteries
0: Plus, we do more than fix phones and tablets. We help our neighbors power their lives. Visit Batteries Plus for free auto battery testing and free installation, too, on most vehicles at most locations. See BatteriesPlus.com for details.
11: This is the opening agri market report. The open to the New York Cotton Exchange. March cotton was down fifty-five to one twenty-six nineteen. May cotton was down forty-five to one twenty-three fifty-four. The open of the Chicago Board of Trade, March soybeans were up 29 cents to 1582 and a quarter per bushel. May soybeans were up 28 and a half to 1586 per bushel. March corn was up 11 cents to 631 and a half per bushel. May corn was up 11 and a quarter to 633 per bushel. At the mercantile, April live cattle was up 7 cents to 146.95. June live cattle was up 12 to 141.50. March feeders down 87. To 165.22, April feeders down 102 to 170.40, and at the open, the Dow Jones up 75 points, 35,165. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Mississippi Ag News Network.
8: That's right, now you can play Wheel of
5: Fortune practically anywhere. With the Wheel of Fortune scratch-off ticket from the Mississippi Lottery, you can win up to 17 times on a single ticket. The top prize is a cool $100,000. It even has its own second-chance promotional prizes. You can win trips, prizes, and yes, even more cash. Get your Wheel of Fortune scratch-off tickets today and have fun, y'all. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning 6 to 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right
0: here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Listening to Middays with Gerard here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's
8: bad, you know. When you have those good I had one like
2: that. Welcome back, everyone. Midday, Super Talk Mississippi. Mr. West says, the Pro Bowl is garbage. Need to have the two worst teams play for the number one pick. How about that is an idea? Oh. I did look it up on the break. The winners get 80000 bucks apiece, and the losers 40000 That's pretty good. Yeah, that ain't bad. I didn't think so. Jeff in Grenada says, "I'm in a class now about industries converting to eighty twenty principles." Let's appreciate that, Jeff. I, you know, I'm not sure that there is much converting as uh, is, is a recent phenomenon. I think that has been the case for for some time. In the case of Amazon Web Services, that that really is the cash cow. Bo, Bo in Indianola says, "How do they get paid off web services? Is that subscription?" How can they lose money selling that stuff? Uh, good questions, and I ain't going to get into all the details there, but essentially the Amazon Web Services is, is the company's cloud computing uh, suite of offerings, and so they operate data centers that are just jam-packed full of all sorts of sophisticated IT infrastructure, which includes servers and storage and, and virtualized environments and and networking. And so um, I can tell you, if you're on the Internet today, if you're, uh, if you're on your phone using apps or you're just on your, your full-size computer browsing the Internet using apps, um, doing business, whatever, looking up information, good chance that you are accessing some data and programs that are deployed in Amazon's cloud. I mean, there's just that's how much of it they have. They and Microsoft – uh, really dominate that market, and they've got a number of different offerings, um, one for what they just call compute, which is where you would store what's what's um, defined as instances, which are just databases, if you will, and and uh, containers, that's a whole other approach to computing we won't get into, serverless computing, which is servers on demand, databases, web applications, uh, IoT. Internet of Things, AI, artificial intelligence, machine learning applications that you need to publish to the Internet. You just need storage, for example. You've got existing workloads that are in on-premises, and you want to migrate those to, to cloud platforms. So they get money from subscribers to those various services. But think about this. If you're using your app today on your phone, for example, or you're browsing the Internet, whomever is publishing that content and providing those services, those those application functions to you, they would store their programs, their workloads, their databases, their data, and all the tools they need to operate that, and make that available to subscribers and um, and to users of those services. They pay Amazon for that, so that you can access it. I mean, it's kind of the it's the most common scenario. It actually started out. Uh, the cloud did as a way for software developers to have a place to go temporarily use infrastructure, IT infrastructure, to develop applications. If they worked inside, say, a large organization and, and they had commissioned the creation of new software applications for that business, for that entity, Rather than buying all that infrastructure they needed to keep it separate from the production environment, buying it and installing it on site, using it, say, for the duration of the development cycle, whatever that might be, six months, year, two years, three years, whatever, and then said, okay, we don't need that anymore. This was a way to temporarily subscribe to all of those platforms, all of those assets, use them, create the applications, bring them home, put them inside, and that just kind of evolved from there, but that's how it got its start. It was really, it was really a tool for application software developers, I know. Getting a little geeky there, but that's where Amazon makes all their money. I know it is crazy, Bo, that they lose money, but it's true story. I mean, that's straight from their published, filed financial statements. Lost money on uh, the e-commerce part of their business, make all their money on Amazon Web Services. But what he's created, what Jeff Bezos and Amazon have created is an experience, is a platform, is a suite of tools that they're going to leverage. I don't know what it is for something else besides selling you toothpaste over the <laughs> Internet. I mean, that that's that was kind of the the entree of that, sort of the test of that model. But there's something else coming up. With all that investment they've made and all that technology, and it is a—you have to admit—it's a pretty dang good experience. I mean, it's so easy. I think it's why so many people buy so much. It's like it's so easy. It's so easy. Buy, buy it again. Click here. Slide it. Bought. It's got all your Absolutely. information. It's on it. It's on its way. And so we had Joey Deason, the executive director of Madison County Economic Development Authority, on last week. Of course, we're building the big fulfillment center just north of here, a few miles in Canton. And the idea is to, to, um, to build those, construct those fulfillment centers, more and more of them across the country to get the products that are most purchased closer to the customers to get the same-day delivery, next-day delivery, and drive the cost of that logistics down. So it's a fascinating model, and I think we're all benefited from it. But they lost $1.8 billion doing it um, last quarter, at least. But they know what they're doing. I'm pretty confident. Anyhow, we're taking a break right here. It's time for Super Talk News, Fox News. Coming up next, Senator Josh Harkin's in the studio on middays. Stay with us.
7: I'm William Wu. As COVID cases continue to drop for a third week in a row in the U.S., some governors looking to a new phase.
0: Governors from both parties have been
3: pressing the Biden administration to set guidelines for moving out of a pandemic stage and into an endemic stage of living with COVID.
7: Fox's Jonathan Sari.
3: Former FDA Commissioner Scott Gottlieb explained on CBS's Face the Nation. I think what governors are sensing is that we need to, we need to agree upon a set of metrics when we're going to start to roll back these mitigation steps. uh, and give people a light at the end of the tunnel. New daily COVID
6: cases continue their downward trend. However, deaths are averaging 2,400 per day.
7: And in the alleged plot to kidnap the governor of Michigan, a second guilty plea, according to documents filed today, Caleb Franks says he willingly conspired with five other men. America's listening to Fox News. What do your customers expect from you?
6: Consistency, reliability, a healthy place for them to frequent, and fantastic customer satisfaction. That's the same thing you deserve, and you'll get it from Jenny King, the King of Clean. We currently clean and disinfect over 350 businesses, buildings, hospitals, schools, and offices here in the Jackson area with a 99.99% customer satisfaction success rate. For your
0: clean and healthy building, go to jennykingcleans.com. That's jennykingcleans.com now.
11: Jenny King, the King of Clean.
3: Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do.
7: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Legislation aimed at making prescription drugs more affordable is being co-sponsored by Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith.
9: This important legislation would create a true out-of-pocket cap for Medicare beneficiaries reinforce the market forces that have supported the research and developed so many miracle cures keep pharmaceutical companies from price gouging prevent taxpayers from being on the hook for unlimited price hacks that have no basis in the free market stop the hurtful tactics of pharmacy benefit managers that hurt patients and community pharmacies while enriching the middlemen. These reforms would reduce out-of-pocket spending on prescription drugs by $72 billion, reduce premiums by $1 billion, and save taxpayers $95 billion.
7: She says it's a priority that should transcend party politics. Propane is a safe,
3: reliable, and clean energy source, and it's important that you're aware of these basic safety tips. Be sure that all family members are familiar with the smell of propane, know where the shutoff valve is, and what to do if a leak is suspected. Your propane provider will continue to offer a gas system check by one of their professionally trained technicians at no cost to you. Ask
7: your provider for a pamphlet about more important propane safety info. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Your business may be classified
9: as small to mid mid-size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the iSolve platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this For more information, visit MWGEmployerServices.com.
7: The University of Southern Mississippi and Mississippi State University have agreed to another home-and-home series for its 2030 and 2031 season, marking the sixth and seventh meetings between the programs since they resumed playing in 2014. They are also scheduled to meet in 2023 and the 2025 season. Do you have a favorite pizza topping? A new survey reveals the least favorite toppings in America. Fox's Monica DeLuca has the details. In order from least dislike to most dislike, jalapeno, pineapple, and anchovies. The survey was conducted by one poll after being commissioned by Ohio-based pizza chain Donato's. It also reveals about 44% of the respondents considered pizza to be an acceptable breakfast food. For the latest Mississippi news, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or online at supertalk.fm. I'm Kelly Bennett.
9: Rodeos are tough and require a great partner to help you up when you need a hand. AgUp Equipment is proud to be a title sponsor of the Dixie National Rodeo. At AgUp Equipment, we provide the rugged, long-lasting John Deere equipment you need to tackle any job at reasonable prices. Ag Up Equipment, 16 hometown locations in Arkansas and Mississippi, or visit us at AGUP.com today.
0: Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to the show that challenges you to think think deeply and look beyond political posturing. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Midday, Super Talk, Mississippi. We are back with you. You got Gerard and Will in the studios today. Don't forget to cease by our text line 601 879 4395 if you'd like to join the conversation. Now joining is Senator Josh Harkins. He's in the studio with us. Good morning, Senator. Good morning, Gerard. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, good to see you over there in Rankin County. It's always yeah. a lot of fun. On Saturday, we had a great breakfast. Good, good turnout for yeah, a cold morning. Sure was. Great. And um, what about um, George Dale, former insurance commissioner? That was hilarious. He's some of those some stories. stories. <laughs> Been around this stuff a long time, man. Uh, that was fascinating. Here and, and him, his ability to recall all that in such vivid detail, uh, down to the bill number, <laughs> exactly. That was pretty good. A lot of fun good stuff. All right, so wanted to have you on today to discuss the uh, recently announced and and um, I guess filed the uh, plan to reform income taxes, taxes in general in the state of Mississippi, you, of course. Serve as chair of the Senate Finance Committee. So, if you'd like, why don't we start out, uh, Senator, just with a, a brief overview of the bill and what it does, well, the key provisions.
1: That sounds good. Well, let me go back to 2016 and, okay. and talk about the tax cut uh, we did when then Lieutenant Governor Reeves and Speaker Gunn uh, were were running the House and Senate, respectively. Um. We passed a about a $420 million tax cut bill that phased out the 3% tax bracket on the first $5,000 of taxable income. That means above your standard uh, deductions and exemptions that you're allowed on the state level. Yeah. And then it also allowed for a self-employment tax deduction, which they allow on the federal level. We did it on the state level. Um, and then we also phased out the franchise tax over a 10-year period. Well, that was passed in 2016. Where we are today is we have uh, finally in 21 we phased out the last part of the 3% tax bracket, and we are in year four of ten of phasing out the franchise tax. Okay. So that is the the biggest portion of that uh, tax cut was the franchise tax. By the way, was...
2: if I don't, if you don't mind me interrupting, Go ahead. The worst tax ever devised. Devised, yes. Go ahead. Tax on investment, <laughs> uh, tax on capital. Talk well, about the franchise tax, absolutely. the worst tax ever, ever created.
1: <laughs> and that took some thought, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. um, and that was about three hundred million dollars. That just that portion alone of that tax cut. So the biggest portion of the biggest tax cut in our state's history. We are year four of ten of implementing. Okay. So, so come uh, you know to today, and we have proposed a tax plan in the Senate that when fully implemented in four years, will cut and almost $20 million of recurring revenue and add a $131 million tax rebate. So the total relief package is about $460 million. It does it in four years. It will be fully implemented before the 2016 tax cuts fully implemented. Okay. So what we've done in our plan is we've taken the grocery tax from 7% to 5%. We've gotten out of the car tag business uh, and there are no general fund revenues that come to the state from car tags this is all uh local avalorum there are um you know some fees that went to the state they're no longer going to go to the state anymore Of about 13 million dollars and then we phase out the four percent tax bracket over four years so if this bill were to be signed into law starting july 1 uh, you would have immediate 7 to 5% on your grocery tax, and then calendar year 23 would be the first year before your phase-out of the 4% tax bracket. Total, about $316 million in recurring revenue. And um, there are no triggers. There are no increases in sales tax or excise taxes. It's just a simple plan that you go – forward and it's pretty much that's it uh the the rebate portion of it is about 131 million dollars so for any uh resident tax filer you're a resident of the state you file personal income tax in mississippi and you actually had a liability to the state meaning you owed taxes and you paid them to the state you would receive a rebate of up to five percent of what you paid with a minimum of a hundred dollars and it capped at a thousand And that's estimated to cost around 130, 131 million dollars.
2: What's the formula for that? Do you do you know, Senator? Uh, my understanding is it's five percent, five
1: percent of what you your, paid to the state, your tax liability. Correct, and it would uh, be a minimum of a hundred dollars. So if you paid seventy five dollars in tax, you would get a minimum of a hundred dollars, and then it goes up to a thousand. It's capped at a thousand per filer.
2: Okay, so to get the full thousand dollars, you me. would have you would need to have a twenty twenty tax liability of twenty thousand dollars. Correct. Yeah, so you'd have to have a an income, a taxable income uh, in the three hundred fifty dollars to $400,000 mm-hmm. range. Something Correct. Like that. Okay. All right. Continue. So that that's the main provisions there. That's the main provisions yeah. of
1: it. And it's, it's, you know, with tax policy, there are a lot of levers to pull. Yeah. There's the grocery tax. There's car tags, there's income tax, there's you know corporate income tax, there's franchise tax. I mean, all these different levers that we are pulling. But what I would say to, to your listeners and everybody is, is you can't look at these things individually. Um, sure, Texas doesn't have an income tax, but nobody wants to pay Texas property taxes. Yeah. Uh, I got a sister that lives in Texas, 3,500 square foot house paying $16,000 a year uh, property taxes on it yeah that's a lot of money mm-hmm. um so people want to pick and choose what they like about different states but when you look at their total tax policy it tells a different story yes you pay more property taxes you also pay sales tax on a lot of other services south dakota does not have a income tax but they charge uh sales tax on 126 different services i think mississippi's in the 60 70 uh range on the number of services that are uh have sales tax on them so you know, it's a difference. Um, each state has a different way of, of getting uh, the revenue they get. Property taxes are higher in Tennessee. Uh, they don't have an income tax. Uh, you know, some t- states have uh, gross receipts tax on corporate uh, yep. entities. So th- there's a way that they're getting the revenue. I mean, Florida, for goodness' sake,s they tax uh, you know leases. They tax when you uh, rentals. They uh, tax. Uh, uh, real estate transactions. So every time you transfer a title, there's a tax uh, you pay on it. So each state has a different way. Florida uses their tourism more to their advantage, uh, but that's kind of
2: the gist of what
1: we're looking at in Mississippi.
2: Yeah. So I, I know you're familiar with the, the House bill, we, uh, which of course is uh, it's more aggressive in terms of reductions of the Income tax uh, reduction in the grocery tax. It does add on, layer on an additional 1.5 percent on the general sales tax. Does reduce car tags more. So overall, it, it is more in terms of the cuts. What concerns do you have about that?
1: Well, we're gonna we're gonna start looking at. Uh, you know, we'll file our bill has a deadline of I think February twenty fifth, maybe or yeah, I think February twenty fifth is a deadline to get the Senate revenue bills and appropriations out off the floor. Yeah. So that's when a deadline we'll have our bill up before then and then we'll start to take a look at all the House bills and the and the House tax plan. Uh the bill has come over. I've been working on our plan with ELBO and the Department of Revenue and the State Economist and and what you know the concern that I have on any plan, no matter what plan you do is At the end of the day, you have a budget that – we have the responsibility of, of funding. We have to, you know, we have priorities. Uh, I think you've seen demonstrated already this session already. We've increased spending year over year, recurring revenue uh, recurring expenditures of $220 million just on a teacher pay raise. Yeah. So both chambers overwhelmingly, I don't know if there was a single no vote in the Senate, uh, voted to increase teacher pay by $220 million. That means that's a priority that we have set that it'll be $220 million next year. It'll be $220 million the next year. Uh, and, and and so forth. So we've we've increased the spending in government already by $220 million. And there's other things that we have in front of us. Our health insurance, uh, we are going to see an increase in health insurance coming up. Uh, SEC squared, the state uh, pay plan, is going to probably require a little additional money. So there's other spending that's probably going to need to be uh, recognized in our number. So once we get the number uh, of, of dollars that we're going to have to spend recurring Uh, Expenditures. We need to make sure that we have recurring revenue to to match. And what we have weaned ourselves off of. And since I've been here, this is the eleventh year. uh, We went from we tried to wean ourselves off of using one time money for recurring expenses. We don't want to use a, a lawsuit to help make payroll. Uh, we don't want to use, uh, you know, one-time money, whether it's from, whether it's growth or whatever, to basically use to to fund our budget. We want to use recurring revenues to pay recurring expenses. And I think we've been fiscally disciplined over the last 10, 11 years that we've done that. We've achieved that. And I want to make sure that the budget we put forth is a responsible budget that addresses our priorities and we have the revenue to do it and based on our plan based on the projections that we have and we've used historical
2: numbers our plan does this okay all right um you can stay around Absolutely. yeah we got senator josh harkins in the studio and we're talking about the tax reform plan that the senate has offered and when we come back we get into a, a little bit more of the differences in the plan and and just other concerns the senator has about the house plan as well stay with us we'll be right back we the-
6: the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center. I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, we have mostly sunny conditions, high near 55. Tonight, mostly clear and cold, low around 26. Your Tuesday, sunny skies, high near 58. Tuesday evening, clear skies, low around 33. And for your Wednesday, sunny skies, high near 64. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis mclaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis mclaurin Mercantile, your building supply experts since 1871.
9: Why does Walgreens offer copays as low as $0 and 90-day refills? Because we care about Medicare, so you don't have to. I mean, do you really care to hear me go on about same-day prescription delivery making your life easier? Or how there's a pharmacy expert available 24-7 and one-click refills? Well, I just did anyways. Fill your Medicare prescriptions with Walgreens and save.
7: $0 dollars copays. apply to Tier 1 generic drugs and select plans with Walgreens as a preferred pharmacy. Restrictions apply. See walgreens.com slash Medicare for complete details.
9: I'm Lauren McGraw with Gotta Go. Have you got bathroom restoration or construction going on? Well, we've got you covered with deluxe luxury restrooms with air conditioning, LED lights, radio, Bluetooth, and all the amenities for your needs. When you've gotta go, you've gotta go. Gotta Go, 601-879-3969.
0: At Batteries Plus, we do more than fix phones and tablets. We help our neighbors power their lives. Visit Batteries Plus in-store, curbside, and online for fast and reliable phone and tablet repair.
7: Tune in to Good Things With Me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. Right here on Super Talk Jackson
0: 97.3. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's do this. Right. On Super Talk, Mississippi. Let's go.
2: The great B.B. King bump on the send of this segment. Thanks for that, Will. Middays is back. Senator Josh Harkins is our guest. The senator serves as the Finance Committee chairman. All right, so we're just talking about the income tax proposal by the Senate. So with your proposal, with the Senate's proposal, you've as you've explained, you've actually extended that out at least four or five years. Correct. Um, what the impact would be. On uh, revenue to the state, and and you're using historical trends in doing <laughs> that. Historical trends in terms of spending increases year over year, spending increases as a percent of the prior year, and and just also adjustments to revenue consistent with uh, prior history. Correct. Is that accurate? Okay. Yes. All right. So has have we seen that on the house side? Not yet. All right. Because I've I've got the the uh, fiscal note from the LBO that um uh, of course analyzes the house bill but it's only for 2 years mm-hmm. uh, have do you think we'll see? I know you can't speak for the house, yeah, I mean, but might I, we see that from we'll, the house We side? will
1: ask LBO to to present, and I mean that's something that will be something we'll look at. I, okay. Absolutely, I mean I think that's one thing we tried to do is is our plan is a four year implementation, and we've run out of five year pro forma on it, yeah. you know, and used historical trends. But I think you know obviously the concern we have is is this day and age the environment we're living in is not a normal economic environment sure. uh you know the helicopter money as you yeah. put it is, yeah. is abundant and we recognize that and and you look at from a historical perspective since 2005 since katrina hit we've had you know at least three or four major infusions of federal money into the state and you know what's happened after that uh at least after katrina we had uh, a couple years of negative four percent growth uh we've had you know ups and downs, and so what we try to do is use a historical reference, an average of what year-over-year revenue growth looks like, and that's around 2.6%. Uh, and then uh, spending, uh, inflationary and spending uh, to to keep government kind of flat, not necessarily growing government but to keep it flat, is about one point six percent. Okay, so that's what we used in our numbers, and and we we ran it out five years uh, through the implementation of our plan, and and every year it it the numbers kind of worked out, and we have room for that dip that we feel like is coming. And I think everybody, uh, you know, at Elbow and at uh, Department of Revenue and our state economists have all said that it's
2: coming and we're just not necessarily sure when. Okay. So let, let's go through the numbers, just kind sure. of a typical case. So once fully implemented, let's let's think about that. Let's look at it from that perspective. And, and the reason I say fully implemented, because the, the income tax, uh, the elimination of the 4% bracket occurs over four years. Correct. It's 1% per year. Mm-hmm. And that tax, uh, that 4% is levied on the second tranche of five thousand dollars of taxable income so once fully implemented it amounts to two hundred dollars a year correct all right per so we filer. got per file, yes right, yes thank you yes so we got that uh and then we've got the uh the state portion of car tags mm-hmm. I, i've heard from five dollars to fifteen dollars what's what's the true number there
1: it's probably around five dollars because the other part part of that fee goes to the trauma fund Okay. And part of it goes to M. Dot for road and bridge, okay. and then the other part of it goes to the state. The state never really collected a whole lot on TAG. Right. It's mostly made up of avalorum from counties. From counties. And and so we're just saying that the state's not going to collect any revenues from car tags. All
2: right. So five dollars there, two hundred dollars on the income tax, five dollars there, and then the other reduction is seven uh, percent to five percent on groceries, and that's consumables, right? Is on what that Prepared applies. foods. Prepared foods. Yes. Okay.
1: Got gotcha. So things like paper towels,
2: stuff you. That's already what pay. I. Mean, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for clarifying that. All right. So, um, you know, let's just kind of say the average household spends ten thousand dollars a year on on that, and it could be less, could be more, but that's two hundred bucks. On how hungry you are. <laughs> yeah. Or and you know, a lot of people are making that decision. Do I eat out? And that's yeah. getting more expensive, so they're buying. I would say starting to eat uh, inside and prepare meals at home more. But two so percent, you got two hundred dollars there, and I'm just estimating. It could yeah. be higher, it could be lower. The two hundred dollars on income taxes, um, that is not an estimate. That that is that's just mathematical fact mm-hmm. there. And then five dollars on the car tax. So possibility on average four hundred five dollars a year uh, to the average taxpayer mm-hmm. is about what that. So. To those senator that would say that's really not cutting my taxes a whole lot, four hundred bucks a year. Um what would you say? Because I know you've got to balance that with, okay, how do we fund the operations of the government? Correct. I mean, look, it's,
1: uh, I would love to have, you know, as much income as I possibly could, but, uh, you know, I also have the responsibility like we've talked about, having to fund, uh, you know, make a budget uh, year over year and not wreck the budget. I mean, yeah. I think you've seen, demonstrated that both sides equally feel <clears throat> that it's important to raise the pay of teachers. It's sure. important to do some of the things that we have to do to basically stay out of federal lawsuits, which we are currently under a couple right now for Child Protective Services, mental health, trying to stay out of one for corrections. Uh, I think people feel, feel pretty strongly that we need to uh, lock up criminals and uh, deal with that. Uh, through our Department of Public Safety, our DAs, all these things that, uh, you know, keep law and order. That's a priority for Mississippians, I would say, as a whole. Uh, education is important. Uh, so there, there are fundamental things that we are required to do and we feel it's important to do. And you have to balance that with what do you have left to give back to people. Um, so, you know, we're trying to give as much back and be responsible about it. Now, what this plan does is it does not prevent us from coming back in three or four years and going, hey, we're in a good position, we can also uh, put in place some more tax relief. Yeah. I mean, that that's the, the beautiful thing about this is it doesn't preclude us from cutting taxes again. And most states around the country that you see, they've all taken bites at the apple. Now, nobody has set a, a ship off to sail to never return to eliminate income tax. They've done it in, in tranches. They've done it in bites. Uh, North Carolina, uh, I think Louisiana just did something. Arizona, a lot of these states have done that. They have They have phased in income tax elimination over periods of time and and, and through different measures. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, we just – the tax cut in 2016, the biggest part of that addressed the business community. This is geared more towards personal uh, income tax. Um, You know, it's something that you have to just basically – I think it's prudent and it's responsible, and it doesn't preclude us from coming back in two or three years and and making another uh, stab at it.
2: Yeah. So at this point, uh, we should also point out that the time frame, I should say, for taking up bills from the other chamber, revenue bills in particular, uh, it's time out in March. Yeah, it's in March. I mean, what we are under right now
1: is a a deadline, I think, of Thursday to take up general bills that originate in your own house, so all the Senate bills, general bills that are – uh the originate in the Senate. The deadline is to get them off the floor by this Thursday. Okay. And then we'll work on Senate appropriation and revenue bills up until the twenty fifth. And after the twenty fifth we take up the House General Bills and then there's a deadline for that. And then after that the deadline for House uh, appropriation and revenue bills. Okay. So there's time. I mean there's there's a lot of time to sit here and work through through these issues.
2: Would you would you be willing to hazard a guess, an estimation on w- how the House bill would fare in committee in the Senate, and the Senate bill would fare in committee in the House? There's I, I imagine. Yeah, I, I those imagine
1: two. both bills will be replaced with their own version <laughs> uh, in both sides, and and that means it, it'll go to conference. Yeah. Um, I think that there's just a lot of things. And look, I mean. We got to see what all uh, expenses the House and the Senate feel are, you know, a priority, and and get through that too. I mean, I think you know, ultimately, when you make a budget, uh, you got to have buy-in on both sides. There's there's a lot of levers that have to be pulled to get to a, a final uh, bill, where it's tax relief, whether it's appropriations, spending, um, where we can save money. Uh, so it's yeah. There's a lot lot of a
2: uh, lot of the road you know to travel down. I'm not. Intimately familiar with the LBO's methodology and process, but one thing I always wonder about that, uh, that I've uh, discussed with respect to any sorts of, of, of plans like this that address the revenue component of state operations is the macroeconomy. Mm-hmm. And I saw Bank of America this morning predicting seven rate hikes this year with a 50 basis point hike in March. Um, you've got other economists that are predicting the possibility of the R word, a recession, mm-hmm. late 22, 23. I'm just curious if that's factored in anywhere in, into these models, well, the what, possibilities. Yeah, I mean, well, we've
1: talked about that, and I think if you will look at the the five year plan I showed you, yeah, I mean, every one of these these models that we've uh, the pro forma we've done every year, there is a two percent set aside still left over and a little cushion. Okay. So you know we've got room in that number um, to to weather a little bit of a downturn. Uh, okay. But You know, look, we can't predict the future. I I agree. I mean, if that was the case, there'd be a line going to the casinos (laughs) all across the
2: state. I hear you. I I think it does
1: take that into consideration. And that's the part about we're trying to be responsible uh, because the worst thing we could uh, position we'd be in is having to stand up in front of the body and go, hey, guys and girls, uh, I messed this up. You know, we don't have the money to do this. We're either going to have to make some drastic cuts or we're going to, you know, there's two
2: options. You either make drastic cuts or you raise revenue. Yeah, it's, it I agree. It really is pretty simple. I, I've made that same analysis of Social Security and Medicare. It comes up, look, it's real easy. You have more coming in or less some going out going or a combination out. of the two somewhere. To make it work, but uh, Senator, really appreciate you coming in today and giving us a rundown, a breakdown of that legislation, and uh, we'll just look forward to seeing where all that goes. I know we'll be talking more. Well, thank you, Gerard. I appreciate you having me on. You got it. Senator Josh Arkins, Chairman of the Senate Ways and Me, excuse me, Senate Finance Committee. Senate Finance Committee's been our guest. We'll be right back on midday. Stay with us.
6: RJ's Outboard Sales and Service is your central Mississippi boating headquarters. RJ's offers top-of-the-line brands like Skeeter, War Eagle, G3, Express, and Bennington pontoon boats, all powered by Yamaha Outboards. RJ's Outboard,
5: 1208 Old Fannin Road in Brandon, the dealership that's service-built. Be sure and check out the newly remodeled Basils in Fondren, where you get simple food done well. And don't forget to drop by Basils Fountain View at the Renaissance. Go to eatbasils.com for online ordering for both locations. That's Basils.
7: Who is that again?
9: I don't know that number. Please hold for a very
7: important message. And skip. You can skip robocalls, but don't skip your well visits and recommended vaccines. They help protect you. So ask your doctor or pharmacist about any recommended vaccines you may need. Really? Again? And skip.
5: A public service announcement from Vaccinate Your Family in collaboration with Merck. If you love hunting, fishing, and ag, don't miss the Mississippi Ag and Outdoor Expo, February 11th through the 13th. At the Ag and Outdoor Expo, you'll find everything for the outdoors, rods and reels, bows, guns, and clothing, as well as tools and equipment for the ag world. The Mississippi Ag and Outdoor Expo, February 11th through the 13th at the Trademark on the Fairgrounds. Brought to you by the Foundation for Mississippi Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks, and sponsored by Southern Ag Credit. Visit
4: MississippiOutdoorExpo.com. Carter Jewelers is giving away roses and kisses with every jewelry purchased. And when you draw your Hershey's Kiss, you'll receive extra discounts up to 30% depending on the color of your kiss. These additional kiss discounts apply to all the jewelry in our stores including jewelry with second and third markdowns, all engagement rings, loose diamonds, and hundreds of pieces of fine jewelry marked down under $100 and under $200. These kiss discounts also come with a half dozen roses from our friends at Greenbrook Flowers during this massive clearance sale, which add up to incredible savings storewide. We have 18 months interest-free financing, layaway, and no credit check financing. Thank you to our friends who have ordered us Best of Jackson for the last three years with the Jackson Free Press. So kiss discounts up to 30% off, free roses. As Carter Jewelers at the corner of State and High Street, downtown Jackson, and the Pemberton Plaza in Vicksburg.
6: In the metro area, the houses talk. Hey, Jan, how's it going today?
7: Hey, Barney. You're not sold yet? No, my shutters need replacing, my floors need unbuckling, my boudoirs need updating. Well, my person called Will
6: White with the price, and Will White said the price was right. No updating, no nothing. I'm sold as of tomorrow. Call Will White. He buys houses. 601 401 401 4323 or online at homebuyersms.com.
7: I'm Kelly Bennett and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Legislation aimed at making prescription drugs more affordable is being co-sponsored by Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith.
9: This important legislation would create a true out-of-pocket cap for Medicare beneficiaries, reinforce the market forces that have supported the research and developed so many miracle cures. Keep pharmaceutical companies from price gouging, prevent taxpayers from being on the hook for unlimited price hacks that have no basis in the free market. Stop the harmful tactics of pharmacy benefit managers that hurt patients and community pharmacies while enriching The middlemen. These reforms would reduce out-of-pocket spending on prescription drugs by $72 billion, reduce premiums by $1 billion, and save taxpayers $95 billion.
7: She says it's a priority that should transcend party politics.
5: Hey, it's Richard Cross from Sports Talk Mississippi. Don't miss the college football fix every day at 5 o'clock driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Speaking of Ford, the trucks of the future were built for everyone. The Ford F-Series, America's best-selling trucks for 44 years straight. Built for performance and capability on and off-road. The trucks of the future are not built for a few. They are built for America. Ford F-Series. Drive one today. Stop by your local Mississippi Ford dealer for more details. The only
12: organization representing all of Mississippi agriculture is Farm Bureau, celebrating its 100th year in 2022. From lobbying in Washington to the state capitol in Jackson, Farm Bureau protects farmers' interests, but that's not all. Members can participate in leadership development and educational programs, plus receive money-saving discounts nationwide. Find out what nearly 200,000 member families already know, Farm Bureau. Leading, representing, and serving Mississippi agriculture.
2: Thank you so much for joining us today on uh, Middays. That would be USM's Jimmy Buffett. Yes, sir. Singing that tune there. Makes me want to be out on the beach where the palm trees are. I did
3: that to warm warm
2: you up a little bit on this Monday morning. <laughs> oh, gosh. So. Lots of questions here on the ceasefire tax line, as you would expect, and we appreciate those. Jeff, in Forrest County, what is the tax on handguns? As far as I know, it's the standard general sales tax rate. There's nothing that I certainly can see in this legislation that adjusts that tax rate unless you're talking about the House bill, which does increase the general sales tax rate to. Um, 8.5%, up 1.5% from its present 7%. I think that's the tax that's levied on handguns, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think there's any special carve-out, is there? For handguns. i never heard that, but that um, yeah, that we've heard about. So there was another uh, question on the C tax line that, where folks are understandably concerned about how this might affect their property taxes. And that's certainly a valid question. So, uh, just to be clear, property taxes are are set at the county level and include county and city taxes. Uh, they combine on that, and, and those are the primary sources of revenue. Abalorum taxes, uh, your, your car tax, your your real property, and the abalorum and the taxes on those—that's primary source of revenue uh, to counties and to some extent sti- cities. The deal is, however, cities get a diversion of sales taxes. Not counties, but cities. So whatever is sold in the city limits in that incorporated area, that is remitted to the state, but there's a, I don't remember the exact formula, but there's a percentage of that that is diverted back to the city. And that is a big source of revenue for cities. So... If you look at this legislation in, in terms of the, the Senate bill, there is a slight uh, decrease of the uh, grocery tax from 7 to 5% in the Senate bill. So that would obviously affect that uh, diversion. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, mistaken, that the diversion is covered. By the state government, so any loss of revenues to the cities as a result of the diversion, I'm quite sure it is in the House bill because I've reviewed that in in enormous detail, but haven't yet in the Senate bill. But nonetheless, the the bottom line is the um, the, the the sales tax, which is really the only thing that affects the the um, cities here. <clears throat> the property taxes are not a matter for the state. So you really shouldn't have any concerns about how your property taxes might might be adjusted as a result of the passing of any of this legislation. really shouldn't affect that. Those are separate matters, separate buckets of money they don't touch, they don't overlay. This bill doesn't address that. And it doesn't income tax elimination or reduction does not take away monies to cities and counties. Let's also be clear about that. Monies that fund the operations of cities and counties are, are do not come from income taxes. That goes to the state. That's the big thing. So any changing of income taxes should have zero impact on the revenue streams to cities and counties because there is none. Sales taxes is a different matter. Diversion of that to cities. Property taxes, license plates, car tags, so-called car tags, Avalorum taxes, cities and counties county's a uh, primary source of income. The one change that was made when we, of course, um, passed a law, what, a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, to tax purchases from out-of-state use tax, mm-hmm. that actually is diverted uh, to counties as well. The senator and I were talking about that offline, but I'm not sure how much money that is, but it's not their major source of revenue. It's property taxes and car tax. That's the major source of revenue. Neither of those are really affected here. So hopefully that answered that question. That really shouldn't be, in my view, on the table as, as a factor in which of these bills you would su- support. Um, what about property taxes for retired people on a fixed income? Again, that's on the ceasefire tax line from the 228. I mean, there should be no changes. Any concerns you have there, you you really should speak to your county supervisors that are involved in setting those millages, those ad valorem tax rates, and they work with the cities as well uh, for a piece of that. So that's who you would need to talk to. This has nothing to do with property taxes, and property taxes are not controlled and set at state level. That's the main thing. And there's nothing in both of these bills that addresses property taxes. There's no provisions whatsoever. No changes there. So uh, let's see. Only tax on handgun that I know about is sales tax. I bought four last year. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just a standard general sales tax. That's Ken and Jackson. Ricky and Jackson says all taxes need to be on sales. I don't mind paying a little bit of sales tax to keep from doing my income tax at about 40 hours a year just to uh, doing the tax return for my company. Yeah, it is a pain. Doing income taxes is a painful exercise. If you do it yourself, my hat's off to you. You know, most people, I think, that have – especially if you own a business, which I think is what uh, Ricky's saying here, most have a tax professional, a tax preparer, do that on their behalf because it it can get, you know, kind of thorny if you don't know your way around, especially at the federal level. The state's fairly straightforward, pretty easy. Especially when rule changes happen and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it is incredible, and that's why these folks – um, they study that a lot, and they get they get paid well to do it. They're professionals, and it's um, you know they they live and breathe taxes, income taxes in particular. And you got to do your federal return, of course, before you can do your state return. So you got to do that no matter what. Um, I thought uh, before the session that both the Senate and the House wanted to eliminate the income tax. That's Darren and Jackson. Actually, Darren, the Senate really never made a um, I guess a formal pronouncement. I think it's fair to say, I'm thinking about the uh, about the hearing. What the Senate said last year after the state passed the first generation of the income tax elimination bill, I think the tax freedom act that happened in the 2021 session. If you recall, it got no traction in the Senate, but Senator Harkins and Lieutenant Governor Hosman said, "Let's let's analyze this further. Let's let's dig into it. Let's investigate." And they did in fact uh, conduct hearings, and that was something that. The, that uh, Senator Harkins agreed to and uh, committed to. He did conduct those and had two days of that, about eight hours plus of total testimony from different parties. I happened to be one of those. I was the last of the whole deal. Every, everybody was glossed over, and <laughs> I should say everybody was glazed over by the time I got in there because they had heard about uh, eight hours or so of of a wonky testimony on on income taxes. But nonetheless... They really never, the Senate really never staked a claim and offered a position and never stated, uh, I don't think anything with respect to, yeah, we're going to totally eliminate the uh, the income tax. The governor, however, he has made public statements where he said, I want to eliminate the income tax. I think we can do it four years without increasing taxes anywhere else. That would, in fact, over four years, you're talking about. Uh, Almost $2 billion of revenue that would be swept out of um, the, the, the state treasury to fund a $6 billion annual budget. So you're talking about a third of the revenue that covers that budget would just be gone if there's no other replacement revenue or cutting of expenses. The governor really never provided any sort of uh, economic analysis of uh, such a plan, which I've called for here on the program. I'd love to see that. If the governor has a way to totally eliminate income taxes in four years without uh, increasing taxes elsewhere, man, I'm down for that. I've I got to see some math, though. I'd like to see a pro forma similar to the one that, that the senator has shared, uh, Senator Harkins, with me this morning that does show five years, a five-year pro forma of what their plan would look like. The LBO has prepared a similar plan only for two years on the House. No question the House plan provides significantly more benefit to taxpayers than the Senate plan. You heard me go through the math with the senator, $200 on the income taxes, $5 five dollars on your car tag, and, uh, and then uh, the grocery tax, depending on how much you spend on groceries, prepared food, groceries, 2% cut on that. Most people sort of estimate the average household average household spends ten grand a year on that. So it's two hundred bucks. So less than five hundred dollars a year, four hundred and five dollars a year to be exact. Um, if you use ten thousand dollars as a baseline for groceries that you spend on. It's not a lot of money. the, the house plan is arguably triple that in terms of what it would mean to taxpayers and everybody's situation's a little different. But um it, you know the senator points out he's, he's concerned about the revenue hole that might lead so that's where the argument is right now cut taxes more more risk of revenue cut taxes less you don't get as much less risk we will take a break right here it's time for that when we come back we've got dr. Dan Edney past president of the Mississippi State Medical Association CMO at Central Regional Health Center stay with us I know you're love me.
8: go ahead your way
7: Tune in this Saturday morning from 8 till 10 for Weekend Gardening, where garden mama Nellie Neal will tackle all your gardening questions. Weekend Gardening, brought to you in part by The Tractor Store, your local Mahindra dealer, The Tractor Store, Highway 49 South in Richland.
6: Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and our headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks, Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540, or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com.
11: in that direction to get specific beef's market share is at 48 percent and beef demand driven in large part by improved quality is expected to stay strong per capita net beef consumption levels in 2022 are forecast to be down two pounds to 56.8 pounds as for efficiency today's industry produces two and a half billion pounds more beef with 35 million fewer cattle U.S. beef producers continue to lead the way as the most productive in the world. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk, Mississippi Agri News Network.
4: The choices our teens make on prom night can impact them for the rest of their lives. Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director of the Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services. Because vehicle accidents are a leading cause of brain and spinal cord injuries in our state, we have teamed up with the Mississippi Highway Patrol to show young adults the serious consequences of poor choices behind the wheel. To learn more or book a Please Return on Monday program at your school, please visit us at mdrs.ms.gov. That's mdrs.ms.gov.
7: Dear Mississippi, it's our great honor to serve as your physicians. It's from that sense of service that we ask that you help protect all Mississippians and our loved ones by getting vaccinated. Vaccines are safe and reliable and even effective against the Delta variant. Getting vaccinated helps protect our children, supports our health care workers and their efforts, and helps save lives. We understand that you may have questions. Please reach out to your primary care physician for answers.
5: Catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Come
8: on.
0: Are we going to do this? Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Keep rolling. 3, 2, 1. On Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs>
2: Welcome back, everyone. Midday Super Talk, Mississippi. Don't forget, coming up uh, after the break at noon, we've got Super Talk Outdoors, hosted by Ricky Matthews. And joining us now, Dr. Dan Edney. He's the past president of the Mississippi State Medical Association, the chief medical officer, central regional health officer for the Mississippi State Department of Health. Dr. Edney, thanks so much for coming on Midday's.
12: My pleasure. I always enjoy your show. get to listen when I'm on the road.
2: Appreciate that, sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. So, wanted to have you on to give us uh, kind of an update on where we stand with respect to the coronavirus, COVID-19 in the state of Mississippi. I I caught a report last week that indicated that uh, cases nationwide have plummeted by some 50 percent I think since the second week or so of January so I took that as good news are, are we kind of tracking with the rest of the nation or it seems like maybe we're a little behind as sort of we were when the outbreak first started
12: yeah we we definitely are Gerard we're we've hit a plateau. Thankfully, we're off the horrible numbers where we were hitting 10,000 a day and now down more five, six, seven thousand 7,000 new cases a day that are reported to the health department. Yeah. Of course, there are a lot of home tests that don't fall into those numbers, so those are artificially low but we're you know we're not going up anymore we're clearly at plateau and we're expecting just any day now to start coming down the back side of the curve
2: what about uh the pressure on our hospitals dr edney that i mean that's always been the paramount concern i think we've moved into a a period it seems like now where that's a more meaningful metric and one that we need to be more concerned with than just the, the uh the number of cases as an absolute value
12: That's right. The main numbers that I'm tracking, uh, most importantly, are deaths. Those are solid, real numbers. They're still about 25 to to 30 a day. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the hospitalization rate, which our hospitals are starting to catch the breath again. Uh, The numbers going into the hospital are better. Still a lot of people on the ICU and on vents, but at a manageable level for us. Our problem is the lack of staffing. we are so short on hospital staff statewide. That's really making things worse than they need
2: to be. Last data I saw suggested we are short some 3,000 nurses. Does that sound in the range?
12: It is. That's about right. Uh, Two years ago, we were you know, maybe we were well under a thousand open positions statewide, and now we're over three thousand nursing positions, and no one to fill them. And we're also short on respiratory therapists and other hospital staff. So that's uh, unfortunately Mississippi's healthcare economy just cannot keep up with Texas and Florida and California and the northeastern states. And they're they're hiring our nurses to go travel,
2: yeah,
1: and
12: work the short term shifts, and it's hurting our our current hospitals in state.
2: Yeah, I've heard the same from just friends that are are in uh the healthcare industry, uh physicians, um chiefs of staff, chief medical officers, I mean folks that are responsible for mm-hmm. the organizations not just uh more th- more than just their practice, their specific practice areas. And yeah, they, it's it just seems like this has been a, a, a daunting matter for some time. When are we going to get to some point of stability? How do we get to a point where we've got sufficient uh, number of uh, health care workers to service Mississippians? What do you think?
12: Yeah, well, we've got
2: to get. We've got to
12: get to a more endemic level of this infection where we're not having these surges. This is the fifth wave that we've dealt with. That Our saving grace with this one was the hospitalization rate was only 2% instead of 8% like it was with Delta. I don't know what we would have done if it had been the same yeah. as Delta. And if the death rate had been the same as Delta, it had been... Uh, apocalyptic yeah but thankfully the death rate is much lower the hospitalization rate is much lower and the boosters are working yep. so boosters clearly help those who are vaccinated you you still can get omicron but you will be much less likely to get sick
2: and die from it we got so We to left.
12: get to a point where where we're stable and, And then we can factor in what the long-term cost of COVID is going to be for us. Right now, every time we think we're ready, we get hit with another wave.
2: Tell us about this town hall, the schedule for tomorrow, Dr. Edney. And I'll be part of that, George.
12: It's an opportunity for the general public. It's a virtual town hall to to hear from healthcare professionals around the state who are fighting COVID about what's going on and what we need to
2: look for in the future. Okay. Looking forward. That's 2.30 to 4 o'clock tomorrow. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. Appreciate it. Dr. Dan Edney has been our guest, giving us an update on COVID. Thank you for coming on, Dr. Edney. Thank you for listening, too, sir. We'll talk to you soon.
12: Thank you. Anytime. Thank you.
2: Yes, sir. We're out of time here on Middays. we got Super Talk Outdoors coming up next with Ricky Matthews. But I'll be back in the studio tomorrow. I suspect Rhino coming back. He should be back as well. Until then, stay safe. God bless, everyone.